on May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount+. Plus. Now it's time to go to work. There's not one guy in the history of this program that's bigger than the program. Listening to Brandon Drum. Look, I think the program's moving in a great direction. And Parker Thune. Venables knows what he's doing. This is the OU Insider Under the Visor Podcast. Welcome to another OU Insider Under the Visor Sooners podcast. My name is Brandon Drum. I'm here with Parker. I'm here with Jackson Arnold. Actually, special guest, 2023 five-star quarterback. It was a joke. It was a joke. (laughs) 2023 five-star quarterback. OU commit out of Denton Geyer. Obviously, we're having him on because he was just on ESPN2 lighting up the Allen Eagles. Uh this past Thursday, uh, kind of a wake up call for everybody that weren't on the Jackson Arnold train, uh, and now they are. Um, Jackson, man, how you doing? I know it's early on, not really that early, but it's midday Saturday. Um, you guys didn't have? Did you have practice yesterday or a day off or no. like how how did how they go? Had uh had lifts and film yesterday. It was pretty nice. Awesome, man. So it's pretty good to get a day off, get to go hang out, do what you want, be a kid in the middle of the season. Thursday yep, night game is uh, pretty cool. Yeah, slept in until about uh, it's twelve eleven right now. I slept in about ten thirty. Feeling great. Feeling great. Awesome. Awesome, man. Um, so let's let's talk about it, man. I know everybody wants to hear your thoughts on that game. We talked a little bit after. Um, after the game and a little bit on the sideline after you got pulled and stuff like that. But um, how, how did you all pull that off, man? Like uh, nobody, everybody kind of expected it to be maybe a 14 point game. Mm. Um, 
but the fact you guys literally shut down a really good offense, and I know uh, Silby going out was a big detriment to Allen, yeah. uh, and prayers for him because I know that's yeah, no doubt. that'd be rough. I don't, I have no idea what how, if he like broke it or anything like that. I, I just know it, it, was, it looked really bad though. But I don't know it? what happened for sure. It looked really bad though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah. Uh, How'd you guys do that, man? Like, what, did, did you going into the week? Did y'all feel pretty good, pretty confident with your game plan, or did you have kind of did you have any adjustments after the first? I know you scored in the first drive, but did y'all see anything that you you guys could attack that you guys just kept going with concept wise? Yeah, so I'd start off at the beginning of the week. Uh, I think the what helped us be successful Thursday night was just trusting the coaches, honestly. Um, put together a really good game plan for us the entire week, and I think our ability to practice well and execute throughout the entire week and then go out Thursday and execute on the field, both offensively and defensively, really helped us win. And, um, no, I mean, I thought it was going to be a close game too. Honestly, I was not expecting a 49-7 uh, to game at all. Um but we, we played really good. And like you said, the second half adjustments, we started uh, – instead of running maybe uh, a zone zone plays, we started running counters and stuff like that. And made little adjustments like that in the run game to kind of help us drive down the field and open up deep shots in the pass game, which ultimately worked out really good. So game plan was fantastic, and we executed really good Thursday. Yeah, you guys. Uh, yeah, it's four. You guys were up fourteen nothing at halftime. Mm-hmm. It it, and honestly, it could have been fourteen seven. Uh, you guys stopped them there on the goal line going in, and maybe maybe that changes how things go as the game progresses as well. Like it's amazing how one series or one play can change the rest of a ball game in football, and how yeah. that momentum can just flip on its end so quickly, but you guys, you guys held up, held up that part. As far as uh, your game, uh, you kind of woke up a lot of people. Um, You've been having a great year. I think you came into the game with seven, 1600 yards passing 17 touchdowns and three interceptions. If I remember correctly. And uh, do you know your final stat line? Uh, I could, I'll, I'll pull it up real quick. I know I was, no, I was just, I was just curious if you knew your final stat line. Like, I don't know it for sure, but I'll, I'll pull it up real quick. If I could find it. it was, I know I was 25 for 28 for four passing mm-hmm. touchdowns here. I found it. So 334 passing yards on 25, okay. 28 passing for four touchdowns, uh, 84 rushing yards and a touchdown rushing touchdown. So essentially, you had over four hundred total yards of offense yourself. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Is that the best game you've played this year? Yeah, no doubt. Either that one or the Alito game. Pretty close. <clears throat> yeah, the Alito game. I do remember. That. Yeah, I was down there watching basketball. I remember you called me after the game, uh, <laughs> and and we're super hyped because that was supposed to be a really good game and a really close game. And you guys blew them out too. Yeah. What is it with with you guys? Like the big games, you guys tend to show up. It, it almost seems like I've been I've watched you what three or four times this year, and it seems like the bigger the game, the better you guys play. But 
if it's kind of a, a tweener game, you guys are you let them hang around a little bit before you you pull away. What is there is there something to that, or is it just you know just kind of do y'all get honestly do you get bored sometimes out there? Do y'all get bored sometimes? Like not like you getting bored, but like. Mm-hmm. As a team, do you guys feel like you kind of get bored sometimes because you guys have been doing this since you were a freshman? Yeah. Like you guys have all been together. You guys played in the state title game your freshman year. You played in it last year, and you're on the way to potentially playing it again. Is there is there a time like sometimes you've got to change things up to kind of keep you guys as interests and uh during the game, just because you guys know that you guys are that good of a team at this point? I mean, honestly, I personally don't get bored. Um, maybe if you ask somebody like Peyton, they might say, "Yeah," because that's just yeah. that's just Peyton. But I personally love dominating. <laughs> like honestly, I, I love going out and competing every day and winning. And like you said about playing good teams, I think that I don't. I don't know. There, I, I get what you're saying. There is something about us, you know, kind of going out and dominating against better teams. I guess it's just that competitive nature we have as a team. Um, just kind of mm-hmm. wanting to go out and prove that, you know, we're that team around who to be. Um, we want to go back, go back to the state championship this year and win it all. And that that happens by winning those big games, you know. So I guess just yeah, those bigger games are just, I don't know, motivation for us to make it back to the state championship because we know that those are the type of – that's the same caliber of team we're going to play uh, third, fourth, fifth, sixth round. So why not, you know, use it as a stepping stone right now. How late? How late do, does the Texas playoff run in? Is it is it past Christmas this year, or is it like it does it end right around Christmas? December eighteenth. December eighteenth at state championship game. Okay. Yeah. Um, I know you you guys would know that because that's that's y'all's main goal is to make it back to that and and no win doubt, this no time. Doubt. Um, you guys you guys had Westlake on the ropes last year, uh, heading into the fourth quarter, and things just kind of spiraled out of hand for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um. For for you, I know it's motivate. That's motivation. Uh, is it? Uh, do you care who you play in the state title game, or would you really love to go up against Westlake again? Uh, I would love to go up against Westlake, but they're they're going D one this year, so that won't happen. So I, I don't. I mean, it doesn't matter who we play this year, as long as we get a ring. Okay, I don't so care who we play, they're they're not in your division anymore. They're not. Oh, okay. They, they shouldn't be. That. Yeah, they shouldn't be. I gotcha. Uh, what? How do they? How do they? For those that don't understand the Division One, Division Two, how do they uh, set those set those up? Is it by enrollment population, or is it? Yeah. So, um, and it depends on how big your district is. But normally, there's four teams that make playoffs in district. So our district is uh, what teams do we have? It's, we have eight teams in our district. Yeah, you got so, McKinney, you got yeah. you got Rockwall or Rock Rock Hill, you got Prosper, you got McKinney Void, you have mm-hmm. um, um oh my gosh, Allen. Um Braswell, you got any the, Braswell, Braswell, Little Elm. Yeah, I was, I was just off the top of my head. Yeah. I don't even know how so, I do that, yeah. honestly. <laughs> so you have uh you have four teams <laughs> that make the playoffs, four teams that don't. And then out of those four teams that make the playoffs you look at a uh, student enrollment. So for us, uh, we'll make the play. We have, we, we clinched the playoffs. I think Allen's clinched it. Um, I think Prosper's clinched it. 
and that's the four spots up for grabs. So based on enrollment right there, Allen has what, like 8,000 students. Uh, Prosper has around like 5,000 students. We're only at 2,700. So mm -hmm. we'll automatically be division two. So in 6A and 5A, 6A, 5A, and 4A, they split it up D1 and D2 in Texas. D1 has the higher enrollment of those four teams in district. D2 has the lower enrollment, obviously. So, so I guess I, 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 why wouldn't they do that to start? Like, why are you playing teams that are that much bigger in enrollment in the season? That seems like an unfair thing. I know you guys beat them, but just off sheer enrollment population, it seems unfair that they would be in the same district as you, but they can't play you in the playoffs. That does. That that kind of just is kind of weird to me. Uh, I don't know why, but I I don't run UIO. I, I, I know, I no know, clue. I know. Have you? Did you have you ever thought about that? Have you? Oh ever yeah, thought no about doubt. It? I mean, you're playing a freaking eight thousand student school, and we have twenty six hundred. I'm pretty sure they have yeah. more male students at their school than we have students in general. So I mean, that's nuts, man. Yeah. That's crazy. And how how big is Westlake? Like. I, they, I never thought that they were that big of a school. I guess they no, are. No, Allen, like I, Allen is eight thousand. Yeah, I know, but I mean, yeah. I, I was, but they're going up to Division One, so they have to be, yeah, like in the four thousand, uh, five thousand range, right? It all depends on who makes the playoffs and who doesn't. Like, I think, uh, I obviously, the area is probably growing too. Like the, mm -hmm. the areas they're probably getting more students each year, but um, I mean. Trying to think like Prosper. I don't know. I think McKinney Boyd made D one two years ago, and they only had like thirty five hundred mm -hmm. students or something like that. So you don't have to have a crazy number. Just the two below you have to be a lot smaller, or not a lot smaller. Okay. Two below you have to be smaller. So, so essentially, it's just just kind of the the flip of the coin, the look of the draw of who makes the playoffs and who doesn't, and then they then they decipher of how this is going to go yep. here. So Pretty you could much. be division one one year, division two the next year, and then back to division one the next the other year, just depending on enrollment. That's interesting. That's I what, never that's what knew they did. That. What's they wanted? Yeah, uh, they I wanted never really paid attention ago. to it. Wanted two years ago against South Lake, went down D two, beat us last year, and then they're going to D one again this year. So, and so yeah, Pretty so crazy. right now it looks like they're looks like they're not going to be playing you guys. That's it's kind of unfortunate because everybody was looking forward to that that game. Yeah. to see you guys uh, you know, I, look i know that they don't have um oh my gosh the kate klubnik this year obviously but you guys have such a dynamic secondary for guyer right now like it is just you guys essentially have a better secondary than 90 percent of division one football programs right now and that's that's crazy to say i mean you got top Two four seven kid and Eli Bowen. You got four star uh, Ryan Yates. You got five star Peyton Bowen, and then even uh, who's the who's the other corner? Uh, I can't remember his name, but uh, Anthony Benford. He's hurt right yeah. now. Though. Yes, right, we have, but, we have uh, Ryan. Yeah. Well, yeah, you guys moved Ryan the corner this past game yeah. because of the injury, but but notoriously, I mean Bedford. He's he's a good player too in his own right. Mm -hmm. So it's like. You guys are just stacked in the secondary, which in turn I think helps your front seven. Usually the front seven helps the secondary. But the, for you all, the secondary, because you guys have so many coverage sacks, because 
they're so good. It, it, it's just you guys are fun to watch because of that too, because it's just it's 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 kind of uh flipped around. Um does that going up against that during practice during the week, how does that help you? It, does it just seem like it's a lot easier in games because you're going up against that dynamic of a secondary at fall camp? I know yeah. you guys probably don't do a lot of good on good during the season, but does that help during the season though, that you went up against that all summer, all fall camp. And just like, dude, this is just, these guys are nothing compared to what I went up against. Yeah, yeah no, no doubt. Um, we obviously don't like what you said. We don't do much good on good now um, in season. If we do, it's about four plays of good on good. Just we caught fast start, just playing fast. And it's more for our defense to kind of get used to tempo offense and stuff like that. But um, like in spring ball and stuff, I mean, it's a tricky defense to go against. And just having to play against guys that, you know, I know are going to be in the right spot. It's almost similar to Westlake's defense last year. If they're coached mm-hmm. super well, like they're going to be at the right spot at the right times. Like they're going to play how the coaches want them to play. And playing against us, we're just playing against athletes. Like they're going to be in the right spots at the right time. But you have people like like Peyton and Ryan and Eli that'll go snag the ball, go high point the ball mm-hmm. out of the air for a ball that you didn't think could be picked off. So just stuff like that is stuff that, I mean, you can't practice until you get in game. And, you know what I mean? Like you're playing against some dudes. You get in game, you're like, yeah. it's a little bit easier than playing against those dudes that I saw in spring ball or I see in practice. So. I know you're watching the same game I'm watching. You're about to see uh, Syracuse go up 21 to seven on Clemson. By the way, um, just want to let you know I did call that before the game. I don't know if I told you yeah. that, but I told my dad that I I was picking Clemson for the upset today. So <clears throat> Syracuse, I mean, oh yeah, I was picking Syracuse for the upset today. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, you're right. I think I think I did as well. Um, but. That's just because I I always pick the underdog. I think that's just kind of my deal. Like I don't really care. <laughs> who do you have? Who do you have winning? Oklahoma State or Texas? I I think it's crazy that Oklahoma State is the underdog at their own their own well, place. I, I, I don't know if State. he's. I don't know if Spencer Sanders is going to play. That's the thing. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Well, if he doesn't play, I think Texas might win. <laughs> Oklahoma State. We, Spencer we all know. We all know why you're going for Oklahoma State, though. <laughs> I'm just. I, I think they're pretty. Like, obviously, their defense is a little sketchy, but their offense moves really good. Um, mm-hmm. they're at home, and the money line has them at plus six at home. So if I was betting on the game, I would take the plus six at home. Honestly, <laughs> are you are you a gambler? You're gambling now. You're gambling now. Uh, You're looking at the not, money lines. <laughs> not, not today. Seventeen-year-old gambler in Texas. <laughs> um, eighteen. I'm eighteen. It's legal. Oh, you're eighteen now. Oh, it's legal for you now. That's right. Yeah, yeah. in Oklahoma, definitely legal. Um, so let's talk about the rest of your season. Uh, who all do you guys have left on in your season? Oh, we play McKinney. This week and then uh, Rock Hill next week, and then playoffs. So, I may come down for that Rock Hill just because I like to watch Kevin Sperry play too against you guys. That'll be another really good one. He's a good quarterback, and you guys are friends too because you guys yeah. train together. Yeah. Uh, with uh, Kevin's my boy, Coach Mike. Yep, mm-hmm. Coach Mike. Um, 
how how long have you guys been training together as far as quarterbacks quarterback training with coach mike uh, i've been working with mike since it was the spring i think maybe around march is when i started working with him mm-hmm. um uh you know do you know Sutton? we our slot receiver number eight mm-hmm. yeah he he's friends with Mike. He uh he's a quarterback friend that trained with Mike. He's at Texas State now. The quarterback is. Um, he trained with Mike, so suddenly like yeah, just text Mike and then go work with him one day. And I did love working with Mike, so kept on. And then I think in the summer that's when Kevin started to come like come to our sessions and step the car and start working with us. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Do you feel like you've gotten a lot better since you started doing all that QB training? Definitely. Definitely. What 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 things did you feel like you needed to work on uh, that that because I can tell the difference when so when the Elite Eleven Regional happened in Dallas you were really good like really good and everybody was talking about how smooth you were and how fluid the ball came out of your hands and everything like that but you had little things that you could tell like you would overstride a little bit on certain things and stuff like that did. And that's just me having a son that obviously I, I noticed those little things. Cause that's when you're around the quarterback trainers all the time, you start to pick that stuff up. Was that something that you, you went in, you were like, look, I need work on this, this, and this, or did he start pinpointing little things out that started to help you because you were a completely different quarterback and more confident in that type of setting when you went to the elite 11 finals and it showed like you were, you, you were just owning it basically and, and, and felt super comfortable no matter what was going on. Yeah. I mean, when I started working with Mike, there wasn't really anything I pointed out. I mean, obviously some footwork stuff and stuff like that. And I don't like, that's stuff that I don't even have to do with Mike really footwork. So mm-hmm. I can work that with my, uh, my quarterback coach at school just certain mm-hmm. drills and stuff like that to keep our keep our feet moving. But he he pointed out certain things like obviously staying fluid, uh, throwing smooth, like making sure getting to my release point, simple stuff like that that he actually pointed out to help me get better at. Being a baseball player, you didn't have to really work a lot on arm slot stuff, did you? Because that just is just baseball stuff, right? It's straight natural. Sometimes it's a sometimes it's a curse, but. Sometimes it's like this. Uh, this past game, I had one thrower through it sidearm just because a linebacker was right in my face and had to work mm-hmm. around him. So stuff like that, I'm super blessed that I can change arm slots like that to make it make it happen. So yeah, that that is. I think I don't think normal fans, and I'm not like belittling them or anything. I don't think normal fans understand how big of an asset that is even when you even with little league on up to whatever if you can throw different arm slots you've you're going to be a problem and i've seen it with multiple kids from 10 to 8 to obviously the nfl and those dudes they're fun to watch people like you that can get in there and kind of change their arm slot depending on where the defender is in their face and it, it it makes it interesting because it looks like the ball shouldn't be coming out like that, but next thing you know, it's going, you know, the other direction, yeah. and it it has everything to do with your arm slot and and how you released it. But how when did you start 
putting that into your game as a quarterback? And when did you start playing quarterback? Like, were you a quarterback in little league? Yeah, so I was, yeah, I started playing quarterback like when I started playing football. So I think I was about six, seven when I started playing. Mm-hmm. Started playing yeah. with Cade McDonald, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Time. Oh, you recruit we're trying to get, but um, started playing quarterback immediately, uh, which is kind of weird because my dad was a running back in high school and college. He played running back at uh, Wofford College, and uh, I guess he wanted me to play quarterback. It's for my uh, during baseball. I was always like a pitcher. I could always throw hard. So I guess he wanted mm-hmm. me to translate that to football. Thank God he did do that because I'm blessed <laughs> to be in the position I am right now. Right. But, um, played from when I was seven up until I was about 10 as a quarterback. Uh, I actually moved out to Texas. This is when I was back in Georgia. Uh, moved out to Texas at 10 years old. My mom got a job promotion. And when I came out here, they already had a quarterback for our Little League team we were playing at. So they moved me to running back. Um, was really successful there. Uh, didn't didn't like it as much, though. Was really successful, but didn't like it. And then middle school came around, so seventh grade. And sixth grade out here, we still play with our Little League teams. But seventh and eighth grade is when you start playing middle school ball. So mm-hmm. middle school ball, they tried me out for quarterback, uh, won the starting job. And ever since, I've been – been playing quarterback full time. So, do you ever look back at those two years that you played running back and just kind of shake your head at it and go, "What was that coach thinking?" I'm honestly no, because our our offense was a wildcat offense. We hardly threw the ball. Whenever we did throw the ball, I was throwing it a bunch too, like just like trick plays and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But I'm not mad because we won every single game. <laughs> This this is actually a funny this is actually a funny story I can tell. So we won every single game uh, my first year there and we only let up one touchdown the entire season. Oh wow. So we outscored I think we outscored opponents like five hundred and something to seven that year. Oh my gosh. And that's Did you also play defense? the same. What'd you say? You yeah, I definitely defense? linebacker. Yeah. Okay. You got to no, you built like a linebacker. Yeah. You got to. Well, I I mean, my son, they don't let play defense very often. <laughs> right. Well, because they run so I many always, different. Yeah. yeah. I was they just won't let him. I don't know why. They don't want but him to get hurt, story, they say. Yeah. So. Funny story, too. Um, we, we, we'd always play South Lake teams. So they had three different teams, South Lake Black, mm-hmm. White, and Green. Don't remember which team it was, but uh, we were playing – it was a South Lake team. I don't know which South Lake team it was, but I think it was it was either regular season or playoffs and playing against uh someone who goes by uh Jay Vali now. He's coaching for South Lake at the time and now obviously the OU's D B coach. So pretty pretty cool now. It's come full circle that I played against Coach Vly when he was coaching at South Lake, coaching Little League South Lake. Now he's coaching DBs at OU. So pretty cool. What? Yeah. What? No. Yeah. Are you, you serious? Yeah, you can ask him too. He'll tell you the same exact thing. So he Coached, got to uh, see you whenever you were did, – did he remember when you? I was a running back. Yeah. He actually brought this up to me. I didn't know it was a I, – obviously, I didn't know he was the coach for Southlake. But right. I get a call from him one day. 
And he brings up Little League, and my team was called the Lantana Wildcats. And mm-hmm. he brought it up, and it's like, yeah, I mean, I was, the, I was the coach for one of those Southlight teams, man. It's like you ran all over us. It was that year. And I just kind of – I was kind of – I was really surprised. Because who would have – I mean, who would have thought? Coach Fly goes from coaching the South Lakes Little League coast. To, and that was actually – he was here because he was training, like, guys like Bobby Wood Jr. and people like that. Bobby Wood Jr. is obviously a yeah, MLB yeah, baseball the player now. Yeah. Yeah. Number number two draft pick. But – um. And he was there, he was coaching, and then it's crazy to see that he went to Alabama and coached DBs, and now he's a OU coaching DBs. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. He, pretty cool story to tell. So He was with the Eagles, too, for a little bit. I didn't even know Before that. he went to Alabama. Yeah, before he went to Alabama. So Bobby Wood Jr., do you know where he was – do you know where his dad played baseball? Was it at OU? Mm-hmm. Do you know where – Yeah. Bobby Witt was going to play baseball. Yes, yeah, so, so, I know. I know he was committed to OU. I knew that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like actually uh, coach. Hearts. Coach Fly, uh, Coach Fly called based on Bobby Wood Jr. when we were at the uh, the Kansas game or some mm-hmm. some game this year and Facetime him. We said we talked to him. Said what's up to him. So pretty That's cool. pretty cool. Yeah, we got yeah. to watch him play the Red Sox earlier this. Uh, he's really good, man. Yeah. Uh, earlier yeah. this this spring, I took my kids up there to watch him because we're Red Sox fans. So. He's a dynamic player, man. Good shortstop. Good shortstop. Yeah. So it's shortstop at third base. I think he's shortstop, right? I think I think he mm-hmm. plays shortstop. I think he does play yeah. some third base though. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Um. Anyways, yeah, man, that's crazy. Jay Valai coached against you in the little league. That's hilarious. And and then on top of that, you brought up. So let's talk about that. Well, let's let's dive into it. You brought it up. You brought up Cade McDonald, man. So we're watching this Clemson game. Clemson is losing. Is it twenty-one to ten or is it twenty-one to seven? Twenty-one to ten. To kick the field goal, then okay. So, um, McDonald is at Clemson right now, and everybody kind of has this feeling that I'm not. I'm not one hundred percent sold that Clemson's a leader because I think Oklahoma's a leader. But I think Clemson's the wild card team because they get the final shot at him, at least on the visit. Now, Oklahoma is okay. going to see him on the 28th. Coach Bates will, I'll be out there for a senior night too uh, yeah. next week. But talk about you guys' team and Little League, your relationship with him, and kind of just how all that manifested itself uh, again whenever. You guys got to meet up in Norman for the first time because there was multiple times he would show up, or a couple times he showed up to Norman and you weren't able to make it mm-hmm. because of baseball or something else. Yeah. But this time you were able to make it. How cool was all that? It was awesome. I haven't seen Caden since I moved out here. So obviously I kept up with him throughout all of his recruiting and he was blowing up well before I was in the recruiting space. So just seeing him kind of thrive and get all his offers was really cool. And then now the in the position that we both are, just kind of meeting each other or yeah, meeting each other for the first time again, I guess. It it was really cool. Um, not much not much love was lost. We both greeted each other. We're both super happy to see each other and it was a pretty cool reunion. Same with his mom too. It was really cool seeing his his family again. So Yeah, so 
Let me ask you, did you see, could you tell he was going to be special in Little League? Like, was he really, really good then, too? Yeah, I am i don't remember too much from Little League because I was so young. I don't remember the games too much. My dad said he was really, he was always a big kid. He was mm-hmm. always really big. So, my dad, my dad always knew that he was going to be a special player one day. So. Mm-hmm. And your dad played for Wofford. I didn't know that either. Like that, that like I'm learning things. Like you and I talk so much, mm-hmm. and I'm still learning things about you. That's crazy to me. Like yeah, played running back. And for, for people Wofford. don't, yeah, for people that know, Jackson, I probably talk like once or twice a week on the phone, just kind of catching up. I'm normally, just talking recruiting and what's going on behind the scenes. But yeah, um, yeah, it, I'm still learning stuff about him though. So that's pretty cool. Um, the what what was your gut with Caden on that visit? Like, did could you tell? I I I know you don't have to get into the stuff we talked about, but like, just kind of vaguely talk about your gut and how you feel things stand right now with Oklahoma, um, and with all the connections he has there. Can I Walker, Trey Morrison, obviously his family living two and a half hours away from Norman, um, all that type of stuff. Uh, where, where do you feel Oklahoma stands and it, do you think they have a really good chance to land him? Yeah, I feel good about, um, the spot we're in right now. Um, obviously he's at Clemson today and they get the, as you said, they get the last shot in his recruitment and that can, that can always be a factor. It can, but I mean, if they lose today, you know, who knows what will happen. Um, is is this his last official visit? Mm-hmm. Is it okay? He's done. Um, that, yeah. He's done. Well, better pray Clemson loses, because uh, I mean that last <laughs> visit can be special. It really can. But I mean, he loved his visit at OU. He was having a great time in Norman last weekend. Uh, obviously, I wasn't with him the entire time, but when I saw him during the game and after the game, he was having a great time. And I think we stay in a really good spot. I really do. Have you talked to him since since the visit? Like, have you all started to keep up a little bit more since the visit happened? So we have. Yeah, you you're you're the leader of the class. I know that you have to put. I know that a lot of pressure gets put on you to be a big help to the to the coaches and stuff because you're the five-star quarterback. You're kind of the face of the class and everybody kind of knows that with you. Like even your, even the guys that, you know, uh, have committed with you know that, you know, you're the leader, you're the face of this class. You're the highest ranked guy in the class and probably will be coming in. Even if DJ Hicks was to flip somehow, like you, I think you're going to be the highest ranked kid in the class, no matter what. So, do you do you like that pressure? I mean, do you like the fact that you have to be the one that hits all these kids up and does all these things for the staff and um have to be in communication with everybody that's committed like you're that guy yeah. that everybody goes to. Do you enjoy that part of it? Yeah, yes and no. Um I do love the position I'm in obviously. I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. But obviously having to keep up with all the recruits and text tons of people. And like you said, that added on pressure, not only pressure to get recruits, it's pressure in games too. You know, people mm-hmm. – I mean, I, I try not to focus on what people say on Twitter or the negativity people say during games. But 
that added on pressure can be difficult sometimes, but I just try to zone it out and focus on myself, just play ball. Right. Well, I mean, that. Do you know that you do you kind of get a sense that that's what you're going to be when you get there too? Is you're going to be the face of everything because you're the five star quarterback that came in behind Dylan Gabriel. I mean, I know Nick Evers is there and he's a good quarterback and all, but do you feel like there's added pressure to you because of you know people now have seen you on ESPN too, and now now everybody expects all this stuff from you now like this that the expectations were high but it's even greater or do you just kind of embrace it and be like bring it i'm that's what i want because i want to be that good i want to be that great and that's what i expect out of myself i honestly like to embrace it um not not obviously get too big of an ego because of it but Mm -hmm. stay humble and embrace it embrace the expectations just so i can use it as motivation to work harder, you know, and to meet those ex- expectations. Um, even if I don't come in and start immediately or I have to wait a couple of years, whatever, I would love to be the face of the program. That's, I mean, that's what any quarterback wants. And if you're the quarterback for Oklahoma, you're going to be the face of the program regardless. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll wait. And then whenever my time comes, um, I'm going to be super excited to be playing for the Sooners. So, Dylan Gabriel comes back, most likely going to come back for the 2023 season. Like you're aware of that. Um, and you're good with that. Like you, you're yeah. okay. Like, okay, I'll sit behind Dylan Gabriel, learn from him. Is that, have have you, have you started to build a relationship with him already so that you can do those things uh, and, and, and be comfortable in that position of, I know you're going to be challenging Nick Evers for the backup spot. Is that like that's goal number one? Is you know you know, Dylan Gabriel is entrenched. So you come in, you try for the backup spot, and uh, you learn from a guy that's gonna already have thrown for eleven thousand yards and probably, I don't know, a hundred plus touchdowns by the time you get yeah. there. Is that is that something? you're cool with and have you guys started to build that relationship together like talking texting doing all that type of stuff so that you guys are comfortable with each other in the in the qb room when you arrive yeah me and Dylan are actually pretty close um he was he was my host for my official visit um every time i'm up there he's super super friendly to me he's been nothing but good to my family he greets them every single time and talks to them great person i know have you met him before Oh yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 The, 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 so yeah, yeah, the he's the one that uh, I told you about that. How he, my kids walked up, or my youngest walked up to him and said, "Can I have your autograph?" And at the uh, the the camp that, and he came up and he said, "Well, I need your autograph first. I want you to sign my shoe." And my son goes, "I don't know how to do cursive." This is my seven year old. He goes, "I don't know cursive," and he goes, "Okay, That's well, funny. let me do it for you." So he he put KD on the shoes and both my kids initials are KD. So he put KD on both shoes for my kids initials to say that he signed it. Then he signed my kid, kid's shirt, both my kids shirts and my other son's, my oldest son's uh, cleat. And um, he wore it all summer with KD. Like every time I would show up 
to do like an event or something with him, he would still have KD on both of his cleats. So he kept them on until he got awesome. new cleats. But yeah, man, he's a great guy. Uh, well, but go yeah, ahead, as man. you yeah. as you just say, he's a great person, obviously. And sitting under him next year, I mean, obviously, I'd love to go in and compete as a true freshman and compete for that starting spot. But sitting under Dylan might even be the better option or the better route, honestly, mm-hmm. just learning from someone, learning from a veteran who has all this uh, playing experience, whether that's at UCF or at Oklahoma, just learning under someone like that will only make me better in, in the end. I mean, he'll, he can mm-hmm. just walk me through things like coverages and how the offenses ran, what the expectations are from Coach Levy, um, pretty much everything that I need to know before I step into that starting role, he can provide for me. So I'm super excited for next year, regardless of what happens. And speaking of next year, everybody wants to know before we really dive into it, let's just get it out of the way. Let's get it out of the way. <laughs> There's all these rumors. Let's do it. Let's get it out of the way. We said we were going to do it when we were talking off air. Let's just get it out of the way. All right. There's all these rumors. There was a big one last week, Notre Dame, right? Oh, you're going to be visiting Notre Dame for Stanford, even though you were in Norman. That was a little weird. But then it got to the point where you were, you and your family were, Notre Dame was making inroads with you and your family, and your family was wanting you to go take an unofficial or official visit to Notre Dame. Um, can you walk? Those on OU Insider know because you had me put a quote out like, hey, oh. I talked to, to Freeman. I politely said thanks, but no thanks, but because my coaches won't let me. But um, in your solid Oklahoma, but can you walk everybody through how that went down? We don't know how it escalated to that point, but how, how that conversation even went. Uh, so everybody kind of understands that in no point in time did you say you were going to be visiting Notre Dame. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I don't even know how that escalated into what it was. Um, it, it it was blown way out of proportion. Like, it was not that serious. Um, the OC texted me and said – he just texted me. It was after OU loss, and mm-hmm. he said uh, – like, he said, good job about my – because Coach Freeman was at the McKinney Boy game. He said, good job from the game. So he said, we have an open spot for you at the Clemson game. I'm like, I didn't text him back about that. I'm like, okay. And Coach Freeman wanted me to call him. I'm not – I mean, I'm just not going to straight up turn down a phone call from a head coach. So I called him. He, he congratulated me about the game and all and said we have a game there. And I'm, I'm just like, the coaches, oh, you coaches won't like that. Like, pull out, like what you said politely, no thanks, you know. And actually, what you just said about them making inroads about my family or with my family is kind of weird because my family did not want to talk to them at all. They were mm-hmm. not. Like, Coach Freeman texted my dad. My dad texted him and said he's committed to Oklahoma. And that was that. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I really don't know how it – I don't know how it went from the coach texting me and saying good job and me just, like, saying thank you and stuff like that, how that escalated into – I'm visiting for the Stanford game and I'm going to visit for the Clemson game. I don't get it, but yeah. I I mean, honestly, yeah. I think it has a lot to do with the 49 to nothing people, people kind of, it, it, it's super weird, bro. Like 
it's okay for everybody else to say, oh, well, this person was injured, this person was injured, but nobody wants to listen to an Oklahoma reporter or a fan or a recruit such as yourself go, um, have you not seen the Oklahoma offense with Dylan Gabriel in there? It's completely different than without him. They literally ran a tight end at quarterback most of the game, and they did what they could. They did the best they could with what they had because they didn't feel comfortable with other pieces at that point in time um now we're starting to hear that nick evers has really started to put it in focus and step up his game and the ball is coming out of his hand really well and stuff like that in practice now but um i think it took a little bit of that to wake up and give the young guy a look and i think for you coming in i think that 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 bodes well for you you know what i mean like that has to you have to look at it like that right like I mean, I have a chance to be the number two next year. Like, like you'd be honest. Like, you you will look at that and you're like, yo, they're throwing up 700 yards on people when they have a good quarterback in. And I have a chance to be the number two guy. Like, is that is that something that interests you as far as how they run their offense and talk to people because they explain it that you run basically Oklahoma's offense, don't you? Yeah. That that was a big factor in my decision too, honestly. Um it's the same tempo spread offense. Like it's not the same, obviously, not the exact same, but extremely similar. I mean, we took what mm-hmm. uh what Baylor did back in twenty thirteen and twenty fourteen, which is around the time that Coach Levy was there. Um so I mean it's it's essentially the same offense so I knew it was something that I would easily be able to pick up in college and be able to work with and thrive in well I mean isn't your head coach and coach Levy aren't they best friends and they they yeah they're good yeah. friends yeah I'm pretty sure they GA yeah. together at Baylor I don't know the full story but they I'm did. pretty sure they GA together I yeah. think they were roommates too from what I yeah. was told so yeah um yeah, that plays that that probably helps a little bit too, and knowing the offense and understanding the concepts and everything like that. Yeah. So, do you feel like you're gonna? You feel like it's gonna be like obviously the verbiage is different than what Oklahoma uses. Um, and I did ask somebody that would know, like, is the verbiage different? He's like, yes, it's way different. Um, but they also said they expect, um, you to pick it up very quickly because even though the verbiage is different the concepts are the same. Everything's kind of very similar. There's differences, but those differences aren't so big that you aren't going to be able to thrive early. And they fully expect you to is what I was told. So um, when you were looking at schools and you said that that was one of the reasons why you chose Oklahoma, what were you looking for in schools though? Like, in totality, like as far as was it the culture, was it the the campus location, offense, head coach, like OC, like what were your bullet points for, okay, this is what I want in the school this year, this year, this year? Yeah, so at the top of the, uh, the list for schools, I'd say, I want to say like probably academics and support system. Um, mm-hmm. Like those could also kind of go hand in hand, you know, how the sports system helps you out through academics, how they make you a better person alongside football player, which is something that Oklahoma preaches, obviously, with the sole mission 
Uh, they're not trying to make you just a good football player. They're trying to make you a really good person, a really good man for the future. So that was near the top of my, my list. Um, next was obviously the coaching staff, the scheme, um, how I'd fit in that offense. And with Coach Levy, obviously, we just talked about it. Thought I'd be – it's almost a perfect fit. I, I, don't, mm. I couldn't think of a better fit elsewhere in college football for the same – same schemes and stuff that we run, all of it being very similar. And then after that, it'd probably go around campus and culture. I think those could kind of go hand-in-hand too. Um, the one thing I wasn't really high on, like at all, was two things, uh, location and NIL. I wasn't too worried about the location because I knew my family would support me regardless. I just I knew they'd want me to go wherever I wanted to go. And where I wanted to go wouldn't be strictly based off of location. Obviously, I was mm-hmm. considering Notre Dame and Ohio State, and I mean those states are almost like they're. I mean, they're obviously northernmost part of the USA, so that obviously didn't affect me at all. And then the other part was was NIL, which I wasn't too worried about because I know that I know that I'm going to be taken care of wherever I go, just being a quarterback. You know, mm-hmm. like also also as I know. Or also, I know that wherever I go, like you're gonna, you're gonna get paid as a quarterback if you start. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Like the thing is, if you start, like I don't want to go to a place that might be promising me all this money, but there's so many quarterbacks in the room and in the depth chart that maybe I won't see the field for a couple of years. But I know at a place like Oklahoma, I can go in and I can compete early. And if I do win the starting job early on, then I know I'm going to be paid regardless. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, you and I have talked about that quite a bit. Um and obviously you have connections to make that work for you whenever you get to Oklahoma. So that's that'll it is what it is with the NIL with you and it it, it you're you're gonna be successful no matter what. I mean, Dylan obviously is already raking it in. Uh, particularly back in Hawaii, he's very uh, it has a lot of NIL stuff going for him back back home, and it's getting better and better for him at Oklahoma the longer he's in Norman. So um, for for you, was weather something that – because I know there's a couple of players on your team that were like, I don't want to go play in cold weather. Like I'm not naming them. I'm just saying, like, I know that for a fact. And yeah. Was that something that, that you thought about? As maybe a factor, being a quarterback uh, and all. I mean, I mean, it wasn't a big factor. I mean, obviously, you think about it, like you know, in places like obviously like northern, like uh, Ohio State and Notre Dame, it's going to be cold. You're going to have to play mm-hmm. in those cold, rainy, sometimes snowy conditions, and it is what it is. I mean, you'll get used to it once you're up there for right an amount of time so i mean obviously it was something i thought about in the back of my head but it was nothing that ever pushed me away from the school gotcha but with levy though i mean you had a really good relationship at Ole miss but you said i probably wasn't going to go to Ole miss even though he was there um when he moved to oklahoma and you went up there and you felt at home you instantly committed really quickly and at that time if i remember correctly there was another potential five-star four-star quarterback that was close to pulling the trigger to Oklahoma. Um, Oh my gosh. I just went to the top of my head. I went blank kid from Northern California. Um, Did he commit to Miami? I can't remember where he ended up committing. 
Oh, Jaden? Yeah, Jaden. Yep. Yeah, he committed Miami. Okay, yep, that's right. Uh, see, that shows you how close I followed that after you committed. I just went, whatever. But you guys were kind of battling first come, first serve at that point uh, from what we were told. And was that something that was on your mind? Like, okay, this is where I want to go. I need to go ahead and lock this down so, you know, Jaden doesn't take take the spot. I mean, yeah, somewhat. Uh, I feel like it's kind of that way wherever you go. You know, they're not – you're not the only – unless it's someplace like – USC, where they only had Malachi, or uh, like Texas, only one of the arts, or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like most schools are going to offer multiple kids and recruit them really hard. And most of the time, it does come down to why it comes down to who's going who's going to commit first and who's going to get the spot. And I knew that that's where I wanted to be, so I just went ahead and locked in the spot. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm. I think the other interesting part is is. Like Oklahoma had Malachi Nelson before you, and yeah. now the the ironic part is is a lot of people view you better than Malachi Nelson. That's the that's the that's the irony in all this. Like you know, and he left for USC, and yet Oklahoma may end up with you know the better of the best of the best when it's all said and done. So, um, when. Did you ever have any communication with Oklahoma when Lincoln Riley was around or they never once reached out to you, never talked to you? Never. Did they even evaluate you or anything? Never. No that communication just whatsoever. Blows my mind. Like looking back at that now, it just doesn't seem right. Like considering you're right down the well, road. I mean, crazy to me. yeah, I mean, I get it somewhat because I mean, Malachi was committed there for how long? Mm. Was he was he committed oh, there as a sophomore? Yeah, he, he committed early. Um, him and I mean they had, they had Brandon Ennis, they had uh, Makai Lemon, they had um, oh my gosh, uh, the Moore. quarterback, the the DeAndre Moore. Yep, um, they had uh the running back, a couple of running backs that were. I mean, they had a their class was just insane, bro insane and it it just fell apart the second he left but what you guys have done you guys have done better you guys have done better like the class you guys built up and it it, it all surrounded you i think that's kind of the crazy thing about it is you committed and i think people now tend to forget you were like the lone guy for Quite a bit. It was you and maybe two yeah, or three it was other me and me and me and Josh were the only guys. That was it. That was it. And it looked like it looked like nothing was ever gonna happen. I remember talking to you in May and you're like, God oh, man, is is anybody ever gonna commit to us? And then May, <laughs> middle of May hit and it was like bam, bam, bam. And then it stopped. Yeah. And then June hit and it was like bam, bam, bam. And then July hit, and then right. they finally broke the floodgates open and you guys, and I think I, I, if I remember talking to you around June, you told me you're like, I was worried. I was really worried that we weren't going to be able to get a class, you know, like put together. He goes, but I know what's coming. I know what's coming. I remember you telling me that, and it just, dude, it just, it took off after that. And so it, how happy are you with this class right now, like as far as, 
the balance of it defensively and off the uh, quarterback you always want a great support staff around you a support mm-hmm. system wide receiver running back o line you you have that but how confident are you because of how good the defensive side's been recruited as well like does yeah. that is that something that also makes you feel real comfortable about the future of Oklahoma yeah, I'll tell you one thing else. I'm super excited with this class. And the crazy thing is that we're not even done yet. Like, seriously, we still have guys we're still pursuing. Um, I mean, I could name them, but I want to I want to spoil it. Samson Okanlola? You, you, you want to talk about Samson Okanlola? <laughs> I, I, won't, I won't spoil anything, but we, we still have guys we're pursuing, um, guys that I think we're going to get. Um, I mean. Okay, are they committed the, elsewhere? No, I'm not gonna can't say anything. <laughs> I mean, I'm mostly everyone's committed elsewhere right now. So I mean Right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. that's a that's a very Na- vague answer. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> naturally, yeah. But um we still have guys we're going after and the fact that we have a I think what we have the number three or the number four class right now. Yeah, it depends on the day it seems. You get yeah. bounced between three and four. Yeah. <laughs> depends on what so, the computer says. Between between three to four. With people that we're still going after, they could potentially make this class number two easily. Easily number two. Maybe not number one because Bama has a really strong class, but Mm -hmm. easily, easily number two. So, and like you said, the the defensive recruiting, they've worked their butts off. They've got some absolute ballers on that side of the ball. mm -hmm. And that's only going to make my job easier when I get to Norman, too, because those guys are going to be the ones turning the ball over to me. And, uh, Letting the offense go to work. So I'm super pumped up. So let's to Cilia Kana. He was with you guys mm-hmm. on that visit this past weekend. We'll talk about Peyton and Ryan and all that type of stuff here in just a bit, but in just a minute. But to Cilia Kana, you guys you got to hang out with him quite a bit. How did how did you um how did you see that visit go while you were there at least and what have you heard since then uh, for me i think i've heard oklahoma leads um but he still has a texas a&m visit and i know that brings up a lot of anxiety and bad feelings for oklahoma fans just over the past few years what a&m's been able to do um <laughs> your your look on your face yeah Dollar um, dollar bills, y'all. <laughs> no, I think uh, I think he really loved his visit to OU. Honestly, he was having a great time uh, before the game, during the game, especially after the game. He was he was right in the middle of the dance circle, celebrating with the team. He was out, oh, nice. out videoing everything. It looked like he had a great time. And obviously, I wasn't there with him and Derek and Caden during their Sunday, like during Saturday night and Sunday. But um, it seemed like they had a great time. They really did. Mm-hmm. So, when you say that there's more to come, like, do you feel pretty confident that there's going to be some other big names pop in this class at some point? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, you don't I'm say the names or anything, but like, yeah. But like, do you feel confident that there will be other big names that end up in this class? I'm praying there will be. I mean, I had confidence that David Hicks was going to commit, and obviously, it didn't work out. 
somehow well, he was committed I saw it, so i mean like yeah it's i mean it did, that didn't work out how i thought it would so i'm just praying that we get some guys that i have in my mind mm-hmm. so. well have you have you talked to samson okanola um i haven't really known okay well beatenbow was out there seeing him the other day okay. number one offensive lineman in the country i think he's going to visit ou at some point yeah, I was I was told he was gonna visit, and then mm. nothing ever really came out of that. So I just no, he it's I, I think Bedlam, I think Bedlam or Baylor, one of those two. I think it's Bedlam gotcha. actually because he he plays on Saturdays, so it's hard for him to to do that. But um, as far as just the rest of this class, like how close are you guys as a class? We're, like to, we're pretty close. We really are. We're all we're all friends with each other. We all hang out with each other whenever we go on uh, visits and see each other at games and stuff. Like I was with Derek last week during the game, talking to him the entire time. Mm-hmm. And that's I think that's a key part to having a strong class like that is being able to connect with everyone because those are your those are your guys for the next three to four years. Like those are guys you're gonna be hanging out with, eating with, rooming with. Like those people you got to be close with. So I mean. Getting getting in touch with them right now and creating a strong connection right now will be really good for the future. So, but you and Derek are essentially like, obviously you were the leader of the class, but um, in general, like as a whole, but like if you were going to say an offensive leader and a defensive leader, it seems like Derek's kind of taking that pedestal uh, because he's so vocal in his personality and he's yeah. just out there. No doubt. Um, and no doubt. for you, the same way, you're just out there and vocal. Um, did y'all discuss that? Like, we got to be leaders. We got to do this. We got to go get this guy. We got to go get this guy. I'm going to help you get this guy type deal. Yeah, definitely. Especially uh, especially during July, too, like after Derek committed. Even before Derek committed, I'm pretty sure he was trying to recruit other guys to OU. Mm-hmm. Even before he committed. So, I mean, that kind of – Oh, he was, Yeah. I feel like that right there just propelled him into the the defensive leadership role for recruiting. But definitely when he committed, there was I texted him. He texted me. You know, there's there's certain guys we have to go after. There's certain guys we have to get. Been working out pretty good. Having a number four class is pretty good. So yeah. Well, okay. Real quickly, let's get to Peyton and Ryan and Eli. Um, The Peyton Bowen drama and the Ryan Yates drama seems to be never ending with Oklahoma. Uh, even Ryan announces, I'm done. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. I'm all LSU. And, but he's still, he's still very open to the fact that there's one school that he is not done with. And that is Oklahoma, as far as talking to at least. Like nobody's talking visits or anything today. It's just like you being done with recruiting, but yet you still talk to coaches. For him, he just talked, he talks to Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, just has a really good relationship with him. Uh, with Peyton, obviously, he's in Oregon this weekend. Um, he will be uh, back to Norman for the Bedlam game, he says. Um, he's going to Notre Dame on November 5th. But no, you host Baylor, so he won't be able to be there for that because he's going to the Notre Dame-Clemson game. But... Those three, uh, Eli as well. We all know Eli really loves Oklahoma a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, but Peyton, 
and Ryan being in your class and being two of your best friends. Um, how often does people, people think that's all you guys talk about. Like they think that's like in their head. That's all you guys talk about. Literally. How often do you guys talk recruiting with each other? Uh, I mean, every day we'll say something to each other, but it's not the vocal point of our conversations. Obviously mm-hmm. we're, we're with each other so much. We're in the same lifting group together. All three of us we hang out I and mean, we see each other during the day all the time during practice, during games and on visits and stuff too. So, I mean, they, I mean, we don't talk recruiting all the time. You can't like, you just gotta be, you just gotta be boys sometimes and hang out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess you you tell me you guys go play video games over at each other's house uh, quite a bit and yeah. hang out. Um, does that competitiveness roll over? Like, do you guys ever find yourselves talking noise when you're playing each other? Like, oh, well, this is what if you were playing Oklahoma, this is what I would do to you type of deal. Like yeah. that type of stuff. All the time. I was talking around the other day and he was talking about Talking about LSU and I forgot what I forgot what we were talking about, but he said something about was well, obviously we're gonna be in the SEC in the future, and I think we'll play at uh, LSU in the future. Mm-hmm. So I'm like Ron, I'm like Ron, you better watch out, man. We're, we're gonna be deadly in a couple of years. Just rolls his eyes and walks away. <laughs> so just stuff like that is pretty funny. No doubt. Okay. Um, it. You guys are at 22 right now in the class. Before we close this out, you're at 22 commits right now. Where, how many do you think you guys end up with? Like just numbers. Like you don't have to say names or anything, but numbers. Like do you end up with 25? Do you end up with 26? Do you know, you can say it, count in your head. Like think about the guys that you think are going to be committed and add that to it. And how many do you think? numbers you end up in that class i think i have a good shot like what would you say I, i'd say like 26 maybe yeah 26 or 27 i'd probably 26 say 27 but i think a realistic when i'm thinking a realistic number would be around 24 25 yeah and what i'm what i'm really hoping for i'm really hoping for the 26 27 but i'm thinking around 24 25 mm. Yeah, I think that's right. I think, I think twenty five probably to, for sure. I'm not trying to get my hopes up, and then yeah, you're trying, yeah crashing down again. So I'll say I'll say twenty five. Okay, twenty five. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think I I think they get more, but you know, I want to get my hopes up. Yeah, I don't want I don't I don't want the fans to get their hopes up either. Listen, it's going oh well, Jackson said that they're going to get blah blah blah. So. And for um, all the fans listening, it's just a pure speculation. Nothing, no locks or anything, just pure speculation. So. <laughs> Disclaimer. Yeah. All right. Before we go, um, you have said that you're 100% Oklahoma. You don't plan on taking any visits. You're not talking to any coaches. You know, George, there's been Georgia rumors because you're originally from Georgia. You said Georgia hasn't talked to you in the last few weeks. A while hasn't even reached out to you in a long time. Um, there's been Notre Dame rumors. 
But if you didn't go to Oklahoma, where were you, where were you, where do you think you were going to go at that point? At that point, probably Notre Dame. Oh, that's going to crush the Irish fans. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, it's the truth. I'm not going to lie. It was probably Notre Dame. Peyton was going mm-hmm. there. Uh, I was close to the coaches. But, I mean, they'll tell you more. So. Yeah. And you're 100% locked in? Like, do you have something you want to say to the fans about that before we um, go? I'm locked in. There's <laughs> not much else to say. No, no decommitment on the way, huh? <laughs> no. Disclaimer, no decommitment on the way. Yeah, yeah. There you go. All right, man. Well, Jackson, I appreciate you doing this. I know the Oklahoma fans do too. They got a lot of good information from you. Um, I know people wanted you to talk about David Hicks and all that type of stuff, but we we decided off air we weren't going to dive into people's names and that type yeah. of stuff because that's just not how we're going to do this. But um, yeah, man, I appreciate you doing this. Killed it the other night. It was a joy watching that. It's fun. Thank you, thank you. Uh, getting to see you ball out. I know the Oklahoma fans enjoyed it as well. So, um, any last words before we go? No, I mean, boomer sooner. There you go. All right, man. Well, this is 2023 five star quarterback out of Denton Geyer. Sooners commit. Jackson Arnold, man, joining us on the OU Insider under the Visor Sooners podcast. If you're not on OU Insider right now, you can go there. VIP, $1 for the first month, $9.95 afterwards. Uh, There's a lot of information, a lot of recruiting information on there, a lot of team information that we've been dropping, uh, where the coaches have been, who they've been out to see this past week, all that type of stuff, uh, and who they're recruiting hard, who might be in the class. We got all that for you guys coming up in even 2024, there's a lot of buzz going on. So we have all that for you. I know you inside of VIP along with a lot of team stuff. If not, if you don't want to do month to month, if you don't want to pay that $1, you can do $75 for a whole year. Get you all of 24-7 sports. Get you the whole thing, man. Like literally, you get every site on 24-7. Alabama, Texas A&M, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Texas. It doesn't matter. You can go see who they're recruiting, who is recruiting against Oklahoma, who's trying to get some of the 2023 guys that Oklahoma has in their their class, all that type of stuff. So uh, come check us out. All right, that's going to do it for this version of the OU Insider and the Advisor Sooners podcast. want to thank Jackson Arnold once again for coming on, man. You guys have a blessed day.
It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.